Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Uh, Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast. Thanks for listening. It's Sunday, so that means I am talking about my Night Below campaign that I run on Saturday nights. So, um, if you are interested in catching up on this, you can go back to the Frothcast 6. Um, it's got all the information to catch up uh, on the campaign, the characters, and all that kind of thing. So this is only the second uh, edition of this, so if you want to catch up real quick, now would be a great time. So you kind of know what I'm talking about. But um, So last night was not a great session. Uh, it wasn't a total... It uh, wasn't a total disaster or anything, but it was, wasn't a good one. And, uh, which is almost paradoxically a good thing because you can learn a lot from things not going well. Um, that sometimes, you know, if everything goes perfectly, you know, you don't feel like there's anything to improve on. Um, but if you, if you remember the, the party had, reached the stalemate in their first major encounter in the lower levels of the Garlstone Mines. It's extremely dangerous down there as far as the foes that they are trying to take on. Very powerful, especially given the uh, the PC's level. Um, and they're at a huge disadvantage uh, because they have no possible element of surprise. It's basically just a you know full scale assault on, uh, you know, for, you know, well-prepared, powerful forces. So it's a challenge already there. Um, it started, you know, it was kind of, the session's kind of doomed from the beginning because I was running late. So, um, even being just a little bit late always puts me in a position of, instead of being able to kind of settle in, get all my stuff where I like it for easy access, kind of, you know, gather myself and get ready. It was more of a, you know, hey, apologies for everybody for waiting and kind of trying to hop right in. Wasn't feeling too hot either, but not bad enough to cancel or anything, but just wasn't, you know, wasn't at the top of my, my game as far as feeling was. Then I already knew one player was going to miss because he emailed me during the week. He had something to do with his son. You know, this happens. Uh, my, my players, by and large, are very, very consistent. We've been playing together for years and years. I don't have any kind of major problem players that, you know, miss all the time or whatever. I would already fix that and replaced it. Um, it's really just kind of the real life stuff that happens to everybody. And, you know, we try to play every weekend, but some just don't work out for me. There's going to be a couple of weeks coming up where I've got wife's birthday and then I'll be out of town. So it'll be, you know, a three week gap right there. It just happens. But Anyway, I knew one one guy was going to miss, uh, Therian, uh, Halfling Thief. And then uh, one of the other players, his wife is Moshi, who plays in the game, the half-work fighter. And she was going to miss. She had to work late. And then there's, you know, lots of weather stuff going on right now where they live. And it was going to delay to where, you know, she might have been able to show, but it would have been, you know, two hours after the game had started. So, now, 
this kind of leads me into, you know, when I, when I talk about the campaign, I'm going to try to give any kind of tips, wisdom that I, I gather from the sessions. And I don't do this to sound like an authority at all because I'm not. Uh, it's really, I don't think anybody's ever going to be, you know, the perfect GM at all. It's a constant learning um, experience. You can always get better no matter who you are. So I don't, when I see sometimes people say DM tips or whatever, I think it kind of implies that they are authority when I don't think really anyone is. You just have varying levels of experience and everybody can get better. So take it with a grain of salt when I use the term tips. It's really more advice that, you know, help me that I just share as I think about it. But, um, you know, so we're a couple of players short, which normally wouldn't matter. It's still four players. Um, and it brought me into just talking briefly about, you know, game balance. One of my favorite things about AD&D, old school gaming in general, is that there is no real game balance. I like the idea, um, in fact, love and insist, I would say, on the idea that the wilderness, for example is very dangerous. You might encounter some friendly humanoids. You might encounter some completely indifferent livestock or, uh, you know, animals. And you might encounter a large group of hill giants or something, you know, very dangerous that wants to eat you. Now, I like to determine that by just chance, roll of the dice. And it just, it emphasizes that um, there are deadly things out there, varied things out there. You never quite know exactly what you're going to get. You have to be prepared for anything. Um, I like that. At the same time, I'm not sadistic and, uh, you know, I don't say, okay, I've got some first level characters you know, here's 50 dragons, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I like deadliness in the game. Uh, there's certainly plenty of deaths. I like that you are going to have to run sometimes. Um, at the same time, I'm not just out there to murder characters. I don't think really anybody is. Maybe they are, but so I like that random lethality and uh you know anything can happen on one side on the other side when you're when you're have a couple of players missing it's nothing to me if they're facing say 15 orcs and then a couple of players are missing it's nothing to me i don't even think about it to drop it to like you know 11 or something you know slightly modify it just so as not to you know um, over challenge them or, you know, just, I can adjust like that and it doesn't bother me to do that. Um, you know, if everybody was, if half the players missed and there were you know, two or three of them there and they still wanted to play, I wouldn't run necessarily put everything that I had for their full party against them. You know, some people might disagree with that, but it's just a simple adjustment to me and this game's supposed to be fun anyway. 
So there are, it's kind of, I don't know how I would say it. I, I dislike balance, but sometimes I'll throw a little bit of balance in there depending on the scenario. You know what I mean? So uh, another paradox, but in this case with them doing this full on assault there, there's no way for me to balance it out. I can't make um, some of the foes they're facing any less deadly, uh, without completely nerfing them, which I'm not going to do. I mean, they know it's going to be difficult and it's not a situation where I can just mark off, you know, one less of this or something and adjust for it. So I knew, um, because this would be very challenging, even at full strength, I knew with their, you know, with two of their heavy hitters they were going to have a hard time with it but um at the same time i did not want to cancel um over just a couple people missing you have other people that have uh, set aside the time to show up and be there and um i wanted them to you know get their you know get their session get their, what they're you know, maybe looking forward to during the week and what they'd set aside time on a saturday night for so i just knew that it was going to be uh, it could be ugly for them. Now, there is an advantage in my games to playing uh, when other players don't show up, you know, because I only give XP, including the gold that gets found, XP for any treasure that's found to people that were there for that session. So um, there'll be some sessions where you might miss out on a huge chunk. But the flip side is... Um, you're putting yourself at more risk because you don't have as much uh, as many players for to to compensate for challenges or soak up the damage and all that. Anyway, so between me being late and being a little frazzled, not feeling my best, and being down a couple players as they're entering into probably the most challenging um, uh, encounters of the campaign so far. It wasn't off to a super hard, hot start. Um, so they, if you remember, they they had reached kind of a stalemate last time due to a well-placed darkness spell by an evil cleric that kind of separated everybody off into different passageways um, <clears throat> for over an hour until the spell fell off and kind of served as a buffer for them to heal back up, kind of regroup and strategize. So they decided to follow into the West Cavern where they knew that there was a, uh, a couple of kidnappers, a halfling thief type and a fighter type, one of which was wounded, as well as the big badass fighter with the horn helmet, just, you know, seven feet tall, uh, just nasty. And believe me, he is nasty. Um, very, very low AC, considering some of my characters are still, you know, at third or fourth level in first edition, and they're not fighters, so they got, you know, 20 Thacos. It's going to be really hard to hit this this guy. He's also got incredible speed, as they discovered. He's got boots of speed, which in first edition are super nasty. Give you a minus two AC, lots and lots of speed. So... This guy was going to be a real challenge, uh, I think, even even for the whole party, just given his difficulty to hit, um, as well as his speed. So, um, 
you know, the first thing that think about, and this is kind of interesting, as we got started, you know, you've got different, you know, vision abilities in a party. You know, humans are the most limited, while others can see heat signatures. You know, I like to think of it as predator sort of vision. Um, but, you know, being in light disrupts that. So we had a combination of humans and demi-humans walking in into total darkness. So, you know, there was a little bit of strategy as how they want to maximize the demi-human vision, what the humans can see and how far they want to go in and that kind of thing. And it just made me, this is just an aside, it just made me think about you know, the balance of of uh, level limits and everything. And a lot of people will say, oh, I hate, hate level limits. I don't get it. I really like level limits. And the reason I do is because in my games, and in a lot of games I've played in, that vision buff for demi-humans is massive. I mean, it's a huge, huge benefit. Such, If in your game you don't bother with the level limits and stuff, I don't want to say it's the case, but it might be the case that you don't look at, you know, you're not a stickler on the vision or you don't really implement a lot of light and darkness and that kind of thing in your game because it's a huge huge advantage to be able to to see some distance in the dark um enough to where you know between that and other features that different races get uh, there'd be no real reason to go human other than flavor um if 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 it weren't for you know having the benefit of being able to go for progress further in some classes or be able to take classes that others can't I'm, I'm digressing a little bit, but I, I really like uh, the level limits. I think it's a clever way to balance it. It's got a flavor in and of itself. I know some people might hate it. Uh, like, we've got a gnome fighter. You know, he's going to max at fifth level. I'm sure he wishes he could go further, but it was he's had a lot of advantages from being a gnome that, you know, the humans aren't getting. And the humans were kind of screwed last night because... You know, they, they were going to be walking into a situation where some creatures could see them, but they couldn't see, you know, they couldn't see them, but the creatures could see them, which put them at a major disadvantage and does often and probably will continue to happen often, given that this uh, whole campaign, mo the vast majority of it's going to take place underground. So... Anyway, so the encounter, um, the encounter went fine. They, 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 the magic user put the little halfling kidnapper to, th to sleep. Um, and they, they beat the, the little fighter guy quite easily, but you know, sleep didn't work on the big bad. He was over the four, four plus four hit dice. So that was, you know, an eye opener to him. And then he was so fast, he was able to cover, you know, tremendous amounts of ground and not worry about um, so much about being attacked as he moved away, uh, given his low AC. So he was able to, you know, cover lots and lots of ground, move in, attack, move back. He's got a magic longbow, so if he's attacking from still, um, you know, he does more damage than some of them do in melee, and he's getting two attacks around with the with the longbow. And I'm not pulling any punches with him, really. I'm playing him hard, and 
mage goes down. Uh, he was flying and got hit by two arrows and just, you know, sank like a, like a bird. <laughs> um, so encounter ended pretty quickly with the, uh, cleric grabbing. I'd run out of, uh, had one spell left. It was, had already had to work to keep up the, uh, the assassin and grabbed the magic user and dragged him out of there and they all kind of retreated, worried that this guy might follow him, but, you know, because he is, is drugged under these potions and is basically kind of like a, a guard, a guardian for the other stuff going on down there. I didn't have him bother to pursue. I just had him, you know, they just know he's still down there. So they, they retreated out, uh, to the front of the entrance of the mines to, to camp and that's kind of where we left it because I think everybody was a little bit discouraged. Everybody could see that, you know, they, they didn't really have a prayer getting past this guy without their full arsenal of, um, you know, spells and healing up and that kind of thing. So <clears throat> that was kind of, it was kind of an abbreviated session, even though that took well, about two hours. We kind of just cut it short there. No. Uh, on the positive side, the next day of the month, uh, which they just are now hitting, is the twelfth, and I had a well, we had a uh, a long time member of our um, gaming group pass away on the twelfth, and uh, he was an awesome guy. Um, and we in my games, Greyhawk games, anywhere else, the twelfth of the month is kind of a day dedicated to him, like a feasting day. And uh, so there's certain benefits the players get. Um, I've made him into a, in his memory, he's like a god, a demigod of, of chance and, and games and camaraderie and stuff like that. And so th th there's benefits they get. So when they go back in to the mines next session, not only will they uh, hopefully have their full party with them, but they're also going to have some benefits. Um, from that so yeah um, like I say you know you learn a lot there's always so much you can do as far as balance and also you know wanting to reward people that show up with play without punishing them by uh, hurting them uh, through no fault of their own and the other players not showing up also want to have unpredictability and lethality without it being, you know, it's a little bit different running something in, you know, running into something randomly out in the wilderness than it is knowing you're set up for something. And then because other people don't show up, you're kind of screwed that way. So it's a little, it's not as black and white on the balance side, but you know, anyway, it, uh, you know, could have gone better, could have gone a lot worse. Um, Hopefully next time they've got the full party and it can be a big onslaught down to the uh, caverns and uh, we get a lot done and it can be a nice stopping point since I'll be off for two weeks. Well, um, yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say about it. Uh, you know, still had fun. Things you can learn, things you can try to do a little bit better. Food for thought. I sure appreciate people listening. I, I've gotten a little bit of feedback. Uh, people enjoyed hearing about game session or, and hearing about, you know, 
GM ideas from it. Somebody had posted, uh, I think it's one of the OSR anchorites. If you don't know what that is and you're just hearing this randomly, if Google Plus isn't down yet, you can search for the OSR anchorites. It's basically a loose collective of, of old school gaming podcasters on the Anchor um, app, on the Anchor format. Um, that everybody's really supportive of each other and uh, encourages each other to to podcast and whatever. And uh, one guy had mentioned, I think it was on there, but I mentioned he tried, you know, his group had tried running Night Below like three different times or something and it could never uh, get it done. And then, uh, or just, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it is such a huge undertaking, massive box, but I've got a pretty good feeling about it. Group's been together a long time, so I'm determined, but we still got a long ways to go. But if you, if you've run the night below or started it and didn't finish it or anything like that and, and have some tips or want to call in or send an email or whatever, feel free to. And uh, hopefully be able to talk with you all next Sunday. <clears throat> Other thing I'll mention is uh, on Wednesdays I started a new thing. That's the Hump Day Bloggerama where I'll be talking about various different um, things I saw that interested me, ideas, uh, products, whatever that uh, I saw around on blogs over the last week. Uh, it'll be some old school stuff, just other types of games and stuff too. Um, so if you're interested in that, you can check out the previous episode on my uh, Anchor stuff and uh, look forward to that on, on Wednesday. All right, well, hope you all have a great week. Thanks again for listening.